Well, I want to thank you that stay. That's really nice of you to remain. I... How about if I just say you're all young at heart and you just stay seated? How's that sound? So, but it is a privilege to join again here in services with you folk. It's been a while since I've been here, and I will say that's probably my fault as much as anybody's. No fault needed for anybody, but it's just the course of life. And so I uh, want to thank Pastor Brent for his kind remarks. I do encourage him to probably make an appointment with the uh, ophthalmologist this week to get his eyes checked. Because whether you want to admit it, you look a lot different than 25 years ago. <laughs> and I got my eyes checked this week, so, but, uh, <laughs> no, not really, but uh, a blessing to be back. And I do remember those times, and uh, I want to say as a word of genuine compliment, his testimony of response to a challenge that God placed in his hands that he had nothing to do with, it was a blessing to see how God used him in a great way. And I would not be fair to my introductory reference if I didn't say it's a joy to connect again with uh, Brother Dan Davey, we have sort of a standing feud. I usually reference him as the the Pope. Uh, And so before the service this morning, I came over and said, I need the papal blessing before I start this service. And he gave it to me. (laughs) So uh, I guess he understands who he is. But, But no, it's a blessing to have his friendship through the years and I know that God has used your church family and our ministry. Uh, I don't say this with any regret. Uh, we have probably more of our graduates who join here in your program of seminary training than any other single seminary. And I think that's a tribute to a, both an appreciation and just a joy of relationship that we have shared through these years. Thank you for your support for the Rinkers. John and Sarah Rinker, part of your missionary team, and they are representing you well. And uh, just a real blessing to our campus, and uh, I know that uh, they appreciate so much your prayers and support for them. Uh, I trust you'll just do that regularly. Uh, My usual one-liner is, uh, you regularly see the initials ABC when you go about the task of your routine. Some of those places you see it, you shouldn't be watching. I just want you to know that. That's no political reference. That's just fact. But... uh, I was really referencing the fact that sometimes ABC is, is in front of a store called the Alcoholic Beverage Commission. And so you don't want to be so much, but in all seriousness, every time you see the initials ABC, my usual request is hit the mute button of your life. Uh, mute's something that we exercise pretty regularly in our world. And would you just pause and pray for ABC? These are great days to be training young people for the Lord have some literature out in the entrance area to just encourage you to pause and just check that out a bit. Uh, one of the things we're really excited about, God has just used a new opportunity that we've been able to introduce this past fall on our campus, which we reference as BIG, B-I-G, stands for Biblically Inspiring Godliness. That's what it stands for. But it was an opportunity that we just felt burdened as a, as a board, really, that started about a year ago, January, in our board meeting, with a concern for just the devastation of the culture we live in, and how do we prepare young people to live for God in the midst of that culture? And recognizing that the real answer to that was not necessarily some academic program, but was ultimately the Word of God. And so with that in mind, our board was discussing just this concern in a sort of a general way. It wasn't on the agenda. And after some lengthy discussion, why as I was sharing with someone in the hallway this morning who was looking at the little brochure on Big out there, I said, uh, somebody said, well, you know, we need to put our money where our mouth is. 
And so with a sense of response to that, this one-liner, uh, we as administration were given a sort of a directive by the board to see what we could do to come up with some kind of very intentional uh, opportunity that would be arresting in the right sense of the word without being just, you know, cheaply novel. And so in that regard, we put together over a period of several weeks some research and review to come up with this conclusion. We determined that we would offer to every new student to our campus, whether they're a transfer student or first-time college student, who was a full-time student, resident student on campus, we would provide their entire tuition for their first year. Last year, it was about a, or this year, it's about a $17,000 gift that we're giving every student that is brand new to us. And it wasn't really an enrollment incentive. It was a way to say very intentionally, we believe that whatever else you do in your future, whatever else you have in educational plans, you need to start with a foundation that is the Word of God. And that's where it is. And I say that unashamedly, and I say that to you as parents and grandparents and young people that are in here. Uh, I do believe that in all honesty, the most important urgent need we have is to have our lives grounded upon the Word of God. And we're blessed at ABC because we're regionally accredited. We could say to any young person, and we have said, we're not trying to obligate you to be a preacher or missionary. We need those desperately. But I will say we were trying to give you a foundation, and because of that arrangement of identity and accreditation standing, they could take that work to any college or university in the nation and not miss a beat on their college preparation, but start with a foundation and then build on it, whether it's medicine or engineering or some other field of discipline that we don't have any intent to have. And so I want to just encourage you to realize that in today's world, our young people need more than ever the Word of God in their lives. And so with, with that, that sense, we started that this year, and And it's been a real blessing. God's used it in a great way. Uh, Our incoming class this year was up about 40%. And thank God for that goodness in spite of the fact it was, like I say, not an enrollment incentive. And uh, the thing that I take great joy in is that the highest interest on the part of these incoming students this fall was pastoral studies. We urgently need pastors in our world today that are godly and are able to just uh, minister effectively the Word And so, uh, praise the Lord for His goodness, and we've determined to continue that now. That's going to be just an ongoing, every year by God's grace, the opportunity to provide the entire tuitional cost for a first time to our campus, full-time resident student. And we're asking God to use it in a great way to just nurture young people to be founded on the Word of God. Our world needs Jesus. Do you agree? The rest of you should agree. You're wrong if you don't. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm only here for the morning, so don't worry. You're, you know, you're, but I unashamedly say our world needs Jesus. And in the midst of all the turmoil of our world, young people need to realize that the Word of God liveth and abideth forever. Heaven and earth pass away. God's Word never pass away. And so it has nothing to do with occupational training. That's the house. We're talking about foundation. That's where you ought to begin. And so thank you for letting me share that a bit. One thing that's back there on the table and Again, Pastor Brent has been kind to say I could share just a few of these thoughts as I began this morning. But uh, God laid upon our hearts about eight years ago to start a ministry which we call the President's Prayer Partners. This is an opportunity for persons to just uh, share their email address, and it's not used for other purposes, so I just would reassure you at the outset. But uh, uh, with that email address, uh, each Saturday morning, 
It's my privilege to issue a very short prayer devotional. I believe that prayer is the most underutilized resource available to the child of God. And so with a sense of focus upon prayer, uh, every Saturday morning it's my privilege to prepare this brief devotional and then broadcast it through email. And then with that also includes some things to praise God for. Most of the time it's praise from the previous week's prayer request that got answered that week. God answers prayer rather quickly, you know. He can do it. And, uh, and then there are prayer requests for the coming week. If you're on that particular list right now, I don't need you to verify it, but you'll note that this past Saturday, yesterday's prayer, President's Prayer Partner little message, the very first prayer request was, pray for my ministry at Colonial Baptist in Virginia Beach, Virginia. There are hundreds of people all around the world that I am confident are praying for you today, and you don't even know them. In fact, as I have one particular person who every week. Uh, Dan is his name. It's a good name. Uh, from Utah. And uh, he sent me a message early this morning saying, I'm praying for you at Virginia Beach as your ministry at Colonial Baptist. And then his prayer request was, I pray that they will listen to you. Now, that's a nice thing. Yeah. But in all honesty, God answers prayer. So there's a little card back there. If you'll just complete the information and just leave it there on the table. And I promise you again, it will be something that we'll just use for that purpose. If you are the person that doesn't use email or prefers not to use email, there is a provision on this card for you to give your snail mail address, and we send one of these out monthly. It's not quite as current as weekly, but still very current. And so I believe that God answers prayer. Prayer is the nerve that moves the muscle of God. And so just uh, would be thrilled to share that with you. Well, I know that uh, this is a week that has significant importance to you husbands. And God laid on my heart to remind you of this week. And no wife sent me a text in advance or asked me to do this. Uh, You know, I love this week. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year uh, because it's a chance to celebrate with my family. Uh, My wife and I are blessed to have five children and uh, 18 grandchildren, and we're 16 years old. And so I just want you to know that uh, age does not indicate numbers of family members. But in all honesty, I have for years, when it comes to the approach of Valentine's Day, taken the occasion to send a little reminder to all of the ladies in my family. So it's my wife, first and foremost. And then I have three daughters and two daughters-in-law. And then I have ten granddaughters. And uh, so with that list of ladies in my family, I send each of them a little flower arrangement in appreciation for my privilege to be associated with them either as father or grampy. Not grumpy, but grampy, okay? And so in that regard, uh, I have this past week, and they're scattered from Phoenix to Gloucester. And so you know where Gloucester is here, or Gloucester, I guess you say more accurately, But uh, I have one of my daughters there with her husband pastoring. And uh, so it's it's been a fun exercise to arrange with these florists, to have these delivered to them. It's getting a little expensive these days, but it's worth it. And, and, And husbands, I'm not putting the guilt trip on you, but it has all kinds of rewards. They just, the, the messages of thanks are just worth it. For a, for a short time, I'm really somebody important in their lives. But no, in all honesty, Valentine's Day is a great day to reflect upon exercising, 
our testimony to others. And with those, I put a message, something like this. Happy Valentine's Day. Always love Jesus. Love Grampy. And then my signature verse, Psalm 84, 11, and 12. Life verses, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. I want my family to know the significance of not only being loved by earthly relationship, but being a part of a heavenly relationship. It's worth it. You know, with these, you have all kinds of cards that you can have with Valentine's Day. Uh, as I was having my assistant put this together and told her what I wanted with the lead slide, she thought at first I wanted to have the inside portion of the Valentine's cards. And she said, Dr. A, she said, some of these are a little sappy. I don't know if we really want to put them up on the screen. And if you've done Valentine cards, you know that they can sometimes be a little sappy. If that doesn't make sense to you, it just means they're a little syrupy. But the truth is the The message of this is not so much that I wanted to see. It's just the illustration. You know, a Valentine card was, you know, special because of the messages that are there. It's a reflection of someone's endearment, someone's love, someone's particular appreciation, someone's, you know, relationship with you. Uh, They have them tailored to the category, you know, a child to a grandchild, a husband to a wife, and so, uh, you know. And and as I've put here as the screen background, the color that most frequently is associated with Valentine's Day is what color? Tell me. Red. The color that's associated with, you know, a, a, a heart of passion and concern. Now, with that backdrop, if you feel a little uncomfortable... Why, please just, you know, keep that to yourself. But the truth is, it's a wonderful privilege to be loved and to love. Uh, Have you ever uh, sort of imagined that God has a Valentine card? Now, maybe you haven't associated it with that kind of relationship. And some of you might say, well, that's a little bit of a cheapening of God's love. But would you just for a moment get over that and just recognize it's a great reminder of the ultimate love expression that's ever been known. It's God's love. This most amazing love message ever known. And it's been given to us, I think, in a beautiful range of the exercise of even the color red with no diminishing or awkwardness. The, the precious blood of Christ is the testimony of the love of God to us. Wow. I wonder, would you be willing to join me in just reflecting upon a Valentine card that God could send and desires to send to every living heart? In fact, I fear that its familiarity is such that we sometimes dismiss it too lightly. Uh, I think that we should find ourselves sometimes taking, as was even referenced in the Scripture reading, and I didn't talk to Brother Dan about that, but I agree, sometimes familiarity just causes us to sort of yawn and not take note. This morning, I take the risk of sharing with you probably, if not the most familiar portion in the Bible, certainly one of the most familiar portions in the Bible. It's not a quiz you're going to get graded on. But has anybody ever heard of John 3.16? Join me. For God so loved the world. 
that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse goes on to say, and you can listen, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. I want to invite you this morning to just join in observing four messages in God's Valentine card for you, found for us in John three sixteen and 17. As you open your Bible to that portion, this is only as good as your willingness to do it, but would you imagine you've never read this Valentine card before? And just like you might be touched this week with a special message that's given to you, maybe from a loved one or one that you give to someone, would you just imagine that you've received this card from God Himself and you open it up and you read these precious words. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amazing, amazing love words. This particular portion of Scripture is one that I'd invite you to follow along with me as we seek to review this message and see the love that is expressed by God to us. And I think this card deserves a lot of attention. And so I invite you to follow as we trace through these messages together. The first message is we see the greatness of God. Message number one, the greatness of God. This particular message is one that encompasses the entirety of the verse, and we're going to look at the rest of the verse with some detail, but at this point, just the overview of the greatness of God. And by the way, you know, the greatness of a message is often related to the person who sends it or gives it. If you got word from somebody important today that you'd never heard from, let's say, for example, your phone rings this morning and you answer it, and the person says, Hello, uh, this is Governor so-and-so. Or this is, you know, some particular notable, you know, this is, you know, a sports day. God bless us. Forget that for a moment. But let's say that, you know, you got a call from a significant player in the Super Bowl. I promise you, you'd come to church screaming, guess who called me this morning? Well, I'm telling you that this message has been sent by the most significant and important person you could ever identify with. God himself. The greatness of God. Trace it with me briefly. You see, first of all, the greatest person. For God. For God. Right there is a point of stop. For God. But not only the greatest person, we also see the the greatest passion. For God so loved, no love ever will surpass the love of God. The greatest passion followed with the greatest project. His love extended to the world. Wow! That's a love assignment. I sometimes say to our students at Appalachian, in good humor, and you must uh, believe me when I think I have a rapport that lets me get away with this, but I may at some point say, you know, some of you in this student body, I'm glad you're not my family. (laughs) And... uh, they usually respond silently, I'm glad I'm not in your family either. (laughs) And I don't mean it sincerely, but the truth is some people are a little more difficult to love than others. I'm sure in this collection this morning, some of you have 
persons that you like a little more than others. And that's not a matter of trying to sow discord among the brethren. That's just reality. But here is God Himself, the perfect, holy, infinite God. And His project is love the world. Wow. That's a message worth listening to. But the greatness goes on, and it's the greatest present that's ever been given. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, a present unsurpassed ever. Follows then with this wonderful promise that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now I want to add another one that's not on the screen. Uh, There's a little sort of a joke in my office as I will find myself preparing a message and pass it on to my assistant to prepare some of the PowerPoint presentation. And, and invariably, the very day, that, or possibly the very hour before I preach in chapel, I'll come to Megan, I'll say, Megan, you got to make this change. And here's the one-liner in the office. A sermon is never finished until it's preached. <laughs> and so in preparation, even last night in reviewing, I found myself saying, why didn't I do this next one? And, and please know that It's not on the screen, so I blanked the screen for just a moment to say this. It's item number six. It's the greatest purpose ever given. Verse 17. Didn't condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Wow. The greatness of God. Message number one in this Valentine card that we receive. But the second message you see on the screen is the message of the gift of God. And now we come back and look at some of the dissecting of these verses uh, to, together as we look at it. And so would you just note this wonderful gift from God? We see, first of all, the source of that gift is God Himself. Here's the infinite one who has given Himself and has given to us. We'll never have a greater source of giving than that from God Himself. The, the source of this gift is part of what makes it so precious. God gave it to me. I don't know if you've ever had something in your life that you've received that was so very precious that you just cherish it. I think back to the time when my wife and I first got married. Uh, I was in seminary. She had just finished her college training years, and we were such we were paying our own schooling. And so when we got married, you know, you've heard the expression, poorer than church mice. You know, we were truly just, you know, in love. And the fact is, my father said to my future bride, as we were in the home one time, said, uh, you know, how do you know you love him? And she said, well, she said, I get a, you know, funny feeling in my soul when I see him. And that wasn't a very theological answer. So then my father said, well, can you cook? And my wife, sort of with a sense of interest, and only people who know her can appreciate this fully, said, we're going to live on love and popcorn is what we're going to (laughs) do. But when we went on our honeymoon, we we actually, to show you you the modesty of our honeymoon, we actually tented on our honeymoon in a little blue and orange two-person nylon tent. In the middle of June, going to the Black Hills, it actually snowed one night while we were up there tenting out. We unzipped the tent, saw the snow, zipped it back up, and stayed inside. But the truth is, we didn't have much to go on. And, and one of the things in the Black Hills that you have is uh, access to Black Hills gold. If you've ever been to the Black Hills and seen the Black Hills gold that's there, it's a special, unique gold in its design and look. And so we were in the gift shop after we'd gone through the mine, the Gold Hills mine, and and uh, and I wanted desperately to 
you know, get something for my wife that she could remember from that point on as a part of our honeymoon. And so as we looked at the items that were available, uh, among those that we were sort of fascinated with were gold rings that they had there, just these decorative, lovely Black Hills gold rings. And, and seeing the price on it, I said, well, to myself, I thought we could probably afford one for her, but she wanted to get something for me. And so I said, honey, we'll get the ring for you, and, and then I'll get something else here. And, and I, there was a key chain there. It had a little medallion on it and a little thing to put your keys on. And uh, so we did it. Do you know that that little keychain has never, ever been used in 50 years? We just celebrated our 50th anniversary last summer. In 50 years, never used it. Not because I didn't like it, but because it was so special to me, I didn't want to dare tarnish it. I could take you to the exact spot in my dresser drawer where I've kept it for all these years. In the box with the little cotton in it, because it's special. You see, God's gift is so special. The source of it is such, and we see the specialness of it in some thoughts that are here. Would you look at the verse, for God so loved the world, if you will, we see, first of all, uh, it's such that He gave His only begotten Son. It's precious. That's why it's special. It's the only one. Not only is it precious, but He gave His Son. It's personal. It wasn't just an easy Walmart purchase. It was personal. His Son. Precious and personal, but would you note it's also priceless. It's such that He gave it. We didn't have to earn it. We didn't have to buy it. We didn't have to deserve it. He gave it. It's priceless. The special gift from God. What a message in this Valentine card from God. We see His greatness. We see the gift of God, but would you note the third of these messages, and it's the guarantee of God. The guarantee of God as we see it. You know the verse, gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. That guarantee is one that I believe is without any kind of uh, suggested failure. You know, we have products that they say are guaranteed, and about the time you go to use it, you find out it's expired. You know, God's guarantee is such, and may I just say that it's, it's, I think, important to realize that this guarantee is so comprehensive. Don't insult it by trying to restrict it to a limited number of recipients. God so loved the world that He gave that whosoever believeth, trusteth in Him. And so this wonderful guarantee is such that we see, first of all, it's inclusive. It's, it's inclusive. Whosoever. And I know that there are different views in terms of how persons have come to interpret this, but I always like to remind myself of these truths. Stop to ponder. The Bible, which we hold and can research and study so thoroughly these days because of the gift of print and access, has had far more centuries where it was not available in print. And the majority of the time that that was unavailable in print, the messaging of the Bible was heard and not read. I want to just say unashamedly, the reading of Scripture is so important and the listening to Scripture is so important because you understand that at that moment you're capturing what the intent of the message was because it was not dissected or somehow was amplified or explained in a way that causes it to be, as it were, sometimes confused rather than clear. I also want to say this, if it was meant to be heard, 
What was the natural understanding of the hearing? Whosoever is a word that, as you heard it, would be whosoever. It wouldn't be conditioned. It wouldn't be interpreted with some kind of parallel understanding. No. God so loved the world that whosoever believeth. And so this inclusive guarantee is there without, I think, any exception whatsoever. It's not a matter of all being saved, but I say unashamedly and with conviction, I think, based upon portions like this, it does make provision for any that want to trust Christ as Savior to be saved. He died for the sins of the world. And so with that sense of inclusiveness, this guarantee also has conclusiveness. The conclusiveness is this, will not perish. This thought of perishing is not the matter of extinction of existence. It's a matter of having a sense of conscious condemnation. If I find myself in this status of perishing, it's not that I lose all sense of awareness. This is not soul sleep. This is not some kind of a ceasing of existence. It is eternal torment that I'm, per- that I'm preserved from because of this wonderful guarantee of God's Valentine card to me. It's a sense of conclusive guarantee that whosoever believeth shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. What an amazing gift from God. But then we move on and see in this guarantee, this fourth message, if you would please, and that's the message of the graciousness of God. The graciousness of God. I think that God's grace is seen in verse 17, for God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. I know that this is a ministry that has been characterized, and I think honorably characterized, with an emphasis upon grace. And I thank the Lord for that focus, because in all honesty, we can easily get captured with our own sense of earning and doing and and worthy, etc., or seeking to accomplish merit on our own. No, it's the grace of God that brings salvation. And this graciousness is seen with, first of all, what I call an exemption of God's grace. Exemption only in the sense that God in His grace exempted something. He did not come into the world to condemn the world. His purpose was not to come condemning. He came with an intent to rescue and to save. And so it was not a matter of showing up to make persons, as it were, feel a sense of disqualification. It was a matter of showing up with His grace to invite persons to trust Him as Savior. You see, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He would have all men to be saved, Timothy tells us. And so I say without exception, while all will not be saved, it's God's desire that all should be saved and would be saved. And so this exemption of God's grace is such that He did not come to condemn the world, but then we see, if you would please, the redemption of God's grace given to us, but that the world through Him might be saved. What a beautiful, beautiful provision. Sent for the purpose of converting, not sent for the purpose of condemning. What a great, great love story from God. I wonder this morning if you would find yourself with this question. What will you do with the message of God's Valentine card? What will you do with the message? I'd like to invite you, first of all, to cherish it as a believer. Find yourself 
as it were, envisioning this beautiful card from God Himself. And as you open it and read its message, you're reminded of the cherishable gift of God's love. There's a song that's somewhat time-constricted now, but it's a beautiful rendition of this message. It goes something like this. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair, that's Adam and Eve, bowed down with care. God gave His Son to win. His erring child He reconciled and pardoned from their sin. O love of God, how rich, how pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Aren't you amazed at the love of God? I think that's a good time to say amen. amen. Wow. Wow. I love the rendition of that song as it continues, and I'll not sing it further, but it talks about if, if you could take every stalk and make it a pen or quill, and if you could let the ocean be an inkwell, it would drain the oceans dry. Can you fathom the magnitude of God's love to you today? Cherish it. Cherish it. But it's quite possible you're here as one who's never trusted Christ as Savior. I would ask you to choose it. Choose it. Today's a great day for you to be reminded that God loved you so much that He gave His most precious possession, His Son, His only Son, to die as a substitute, not as a martyr, not as a hero, not as a victim, but as a substitute for your sin, for mine. And because His price was satisfactory to God, we are now eligible through that sacrifice to come and place our trust in Him the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, my friend, if you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, you're missing the greatest love experience you could ever know. Would you choose it? I hope that as you experience this week, as you participate in this week, as maybe you now decide you're going to get a Valentine card for somebody. Can I just say, don't you ever forget the greatest Valentine card that's ever, ever been penned. Would you say it again with me? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish 
but have everlasting life. Bow with me, please. As you bow in these moments, I would like to just encourage you to just pause for a moment and thank God for His love message to you. If you've trusted Him as Savior, I think it's a great time to say, thank you, Lord, for loving me. And I think it's a great time if you're so inclined, and I think we should be, to say, Lord, I love you with all my heart. Would you say that, believer? You see, loving God with all our hearts is what God demands. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Would you review your love relationship with God? It's not based on some emotional sentiment. It's based upon an understanding of what I should do to honor the one who loved me and then choosing to respond accordingly. Love is an act of the will. It's not an act of the emotion. If you're here as one who's never trusted Christ as Savior, I hope you sense the void and vacuum of your heart that only can be filled with the love of God. And I would plead with you to place your trust in Him today. Choose Him. Father, thank You for the preciousness of Your Word. And may these familiar words of Scripture not be dismissed easily, but may they be etched more deeply into our hearts. And may we, with a sense of deep gratitude and and deepened love for You, express our willingness to be all that You demand of us as we follow You. If there are those that have never trusted Christ as Savior in this gathering, O Lord, may they not leave this place till they've settled that matter. Thank you for your Valentine card to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.